Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. You know it's always much appreciated when you tune in. And of course, you can read my work on ESPN.com. Today, I'm joined by Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. We get into a lot of topics. We talk about the ownership situation. We talk about on-field stuff, so it's not just about who the own, who the next owner is, et cetera, because it's really hard to dive into that completely because there's still some things we don't know. Who the mystery bidder is, all I know is I was told he's very wealthy. How, how wealthy do you have to be when you have other billionaires and you're not describing them that way, but you're describing this guy this way, but they're going to keep that person very, very private. So there, Michael and I will get into all that. And, you know, there's still a looming presence of Jeff Bezos, but until he makes a bid, there's nothing there. Um, I think his name gets used to drive up, try to drive up the price, which should tell you something. So anyway, we'll get into all that and we'll get into again on field stuff. So before I get there, just a couple things there, um, the stadium talk, nothing, there's nothing new there. And we'll get into some stadium talk as well. The one thing I will say is the more people I talk to, the more obstacles it seems that RFK would have for a team to return to the city. It's not just about, oh, if Jeff Bezos came in, he could throw him a billion dollars and get it built down there. I don't think that's the case. So I do think there's a lot of hurdles there, regardless of who owns a team. It's back in play if they own, if whoever buys it instead of Snyder. But I'd say every place is back in play because a lot of people were didn't want to really do business with them until this situation was resolved. So, um, but I do think there will be, and I've talked about the obstacles before, and there's, you know, just a few things, Michael and I get into some of that. Um, but just suffice to say, it, to me, if I had to guess right now with that, it would be a couple of sites in, in Maryland or Loudoun County. That's the only place to me in Virginia that would, that I think that they could get something done. It's not going to, they're not going to go to Prince William. Um, anyway, so the last thing is RG3 came out last week on the Rich Eisen show, show and talked about being excited for a possible role in with the Josh Harris group. What I know is it is not as a limited partner. So he wasn't putting any money in there um, to join the group that way. Um, people there so that I talked to weren't sure really what that was, but it certainly seems that Robert um, has talked to some people about doing something if indeed the Harris group wins the bidding. So there you go. But again, it wouldn't be as limited partner. Last thing is hard knocks. So there are four teams right now that you that could be up for hard knocks. It's Jets, the Bears, the Saints, and the Commanders. I do know there are people here who would love to be the team chosen because they want to show the football nation how things have changed 
um, over the last couple of years for them, but also moving forward, what it could look like here with a new owner. So that would require them to have a new owner in place. And that would, that would mean somebody would be approved at the May meetings. Now, I don't know for sure if that's going to be at the, at the May meetings. That would still be where, where I would um, guess. But if they're going to go to, to if they would be on Hard Knocks, as again, I, I know there's some people here who would love that because they really do want to show, you know, moving once the Snyder situation resolved, what it looks like with it going forward. So, but the problem is then you also have, you know, is Sam, would you rather have, on if you're Hard Knocks, would you rather have Sam Howell or, or Aaron Rodgers in New York? You know, um, you have Carr in, in, with the Saints. You have Justin Fields in Chicago. So I think there's other compelling reasons for other teams. But I I, I do believe there are going to be some people here pushing the league to try and get it for them. Don't know if they'll be successful or not, but the, but that's, that's the sense I've gotten. Anyway, that's it from me. So here's my conversation with Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Did you know the largest ropes course and zipline park in the country is right here in the DMV? Located in the heart of Montgomery County, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring combines climbing and ziplining to create an aerial obstacle course unlike any other. With challenges anywhere from 10 to 75 feet in the air, there is something for all skill levels. Looking for some family time or the perfect date night before football season starts? You can even climb and zip line under the stars. Would you rather keep your feet on the ground? Give axe throwing a try. With their projector systems, you can throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect four, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME23DC at checkout. That's KIME, K-E-I-M, 23DC. So there you have it, folks. Climbing, zip lining, axes, food, and bonfires right in your backyard. The weather is warming up, so it's the perfect time to head outside and join the adventure at www.theadventurepark.com. That's www.theadventurepark.com and enter promo code KIME23DC. We just get back. Well, I guess by the time this comes out, it'll be a, almost a week since we got back from the owners' meetings in Phoenix. But, you know, there's still some things that haven't been, I don't think, maybe discussed enough. Some of that is um, we're, we're obviously approaching the end of this tenure. When it is, who the hell knows at this point? Yeah. But, yeah, you're laughing because nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, that's a great summary of, of everything we learned in phoenix right there correct throw your hands but, up who knows but you did have a column the other day and and i want to get into the sense of excitement in the organization based on the sale but you know where snyder's at the end at the end here and it, what was clear to you when you walked away from phoenix about that situation yeah and you know like i, I feel like it's both a, a massive piece of news and it's okay to roll your eyes at it when I say Dan Snyder is going to sell the team right. and he's going to do it, if not like tomorrow, very soon. Um, and I feel like people are sleeping on that piece of news. Like people are waiting for the actual sale to get excited, but we got enough breadcrumbs here. I mean, you had, um, you know, what I wrote at Richmond.com was it you 
split it up between the old guard and the new guard of the NFL, the old guard, the the Maras, the Roonies, or says in that group. Um, and, and they just don't appreciate Dan at this point. You know, Dan's been rubbing them the wrong way. He's had the ESPN comments about everybody hates each other. You know, for them, the meeting is a big family reunion. Their kids are playing by, by the pool, running around. You know, they view this as, as a tight-knit group, and, and, and they're tired of him. Um, then you got the new group. Of course, obviously, Jerry Jones is the face of that. You know, your Teppers, your Waltons, the new money they're here. They spent a lot of money. And they're ready to make a lot of money. This is this is a business for them. And you know, Jerry is friends with Dan. And I thought Jerry Jones's comments were probably as as close to kind as Dan was going to find this week. Because look, I know Dan differently than you guys. I think he's a good guy. But and the but was he's not making any money for us. This is a profit driven enterprise. His team is not making any money. They're dragging us down. They're in Washington D.C., a market that should be making money. We got to make some money here. Um, and, and so they're ready to move on too. It's funny though, you know. It's um, I think Dan has rubbed some of those guys the wrong way for a long time. So, yeah. but with but it was funny with Ursay how he would go back to Jack Ken Cook when we were talking to him and telling some Jack Ken Cook stories. And I think it's basically an implication like this is what I miss. And they the other thing too, Michael, that struck me is how much they miss the excitement in the Washington market because I think that came up and like. They, I think it was a Jerry who called it a national treasure. And Ursay, you know, the uh, more than a few owners would talk about what it meant for them to go to RFK and the memories they had going there and what football meant to the DC area. And just not just the DC area, but Washington, you know, Redskin fan, Washington fans. Yeah, it, you know, for the fans, they miss that. They miss the excitement, obviously, you, you know, and, and you, we talked to the writers from the other teams and some of the coaches from the other teams, and they tell you the same thing. We we go there, and, and there's no juice, and it's sitting fans, and it's just, you know, especially for the AFC people who come here on the eight-year cycle. Right. They don't understand, because, you know, the last time they cut, came here may have been RG3, and, and you know, st- when there was still old juice in the stadium, they, man, you know, I came there a couple of years ago, and I was just really stunned that nobody was there. And, you know, it was sad. Uh, you know, it's like visiting a mall now. Like, you know, all these malls that are decaying, you know, like, where's the Orange Julius? Right. There, there's nothing There's nothing going on there. Um, and I think gradually everybody's kind of coming to realize that. Now, the part two of that is a little more self-serving, and that is DC is a company town. The company is running, running the country. You know, it, it, that's the company in D.C., and um, when people in D.C. have a cynical or negative view towards the NFL, that shows in legislation. Uh, that shows in things like antitrust exemptions, congressional inquiries. Um, you know, that that's a good market to keep happy. Um, and beyond that, you want a great showpiece stadium, which I'm sure we'll talk about that. You know, people can say, hey, the NFL, that's that's a civic pillar. You know, the NFL stadium, that that that's an important part of the fabric of a city uh, and, and that influences the sort of decisions and they get made. And you know, you think about the antitrust exemption right now bans them from playing on Fridays and Saturdays during the fall. That that's something they want to change. And if you got a bunch of salty people walking around DC thinking the NFL is not relevant anymore, it's not going to change. Right. And, and yeah, that, and that's a good point. And I think the other, like, Ian kind of staying on the line, like it is why this franchise is going to fetch six plus billion. Because it yep. is because of where it's located and because the history of it. And despite the name change, the history remains in this city with this franchise. And I think that's one of the things I think that owners really want to get back to that. And 
you know, it's funny because over the years, they're like, why would they want Snyder to leave? Because, you know, they can beat them all the time. Well, first of all, they're not four and 13 or four and 12 every year. So, you know, the other thing is billionaires like to make money and they know that this hurts their product. Right. They're leaving money on the table every day. He owns the team. They're leaving money on the table. And, and, you know, the other thing with regard to the sale is there are legitimate bidders. And, and you know, there's that counter push of like, ah, is it a real offer? Is it not a real offer? It's a real enough offer. Real. Yeah. Um, and certainly from the Harris group, it's a real enough offer that, you know, these guys can go to Dan and say, we understand you have an offer on the table. It's time to take care of business. Right. So let's switch to the 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 other thing that I think, you know, you could sense there. And when you talk to people within the organization, Jason Wright, Ron Rivera, there is an excitement about the light at the end of the tunnel after this situation. They'll refer to the last two and a half years or for Ron, the last three years, what they've had to deal with and trying to, you know, get for on the business side, the sponsorships of this, to that, like there's an, there's a genuine, I think, excitement. Agree. Or what do you think? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I think for Ron, it's the opportunity to, you know, really go full bore into this crucial year for him. Now, I think Ron obviously understands it's make the playoffs or get fired this year, but I think he's okay with that. And he understands that and he understands what it, what it means to be the guy helping navigate this transition. I think for Jason, I, Jason, Wright, I, I'm sure he told you as well, but his conversation with me, he said, look, as soon as this happens, we are going to see a surge in attendance and Correct. a surge in revenue. And they believe that they believe that yeah. going into this season with new ownership, Attendance will rise and sponsorships will rise because people will want to get on board with a new thing. I'm going to be honest with you, John. I think he's right. I, yeah. I think there will be, if not a permanent circle, like I think people are going to go out there and be like, okay, it is still FedEx field. Like there's only so much these guys are going to be able to do with it. The new stadium to me will be the official launch of the new era, the official, like we've turned a corner, here we go. Um, but I think there's going to be a little bump this year, a little excitement. Um, and I think it will absolutely reflect in attendance. They they absolutely believe it. And you know, it's funny though, because what they won't say is, well, once Dan is gone as well, they didn't want to do it because they didn't want to be associated with the brand. Well, the brand was Dan. Let's be real. Like, you know, Budweiser drops these guys. Now they had gave some reasons and I know they dropped some other teams in other sports, but it was because they didn't want to be associated with this team. And this team meant Dan Snyder, you know? And so I think like, but there is the reality that they feel like they can sell more suites. They can, you know, get more sponsorships, which then you can reinvest in the organization. So when you talk to them about things that they can do moving forward, it starts with getting those things done and you have to win. Like if you ask them, what's the top party, you got to win, but there is that excitement. Man, and you go back to, it's funny, all the little things that could have turned it along the way. And you say, you know, if if the Virginia legislature approves the stadium last year, we're probably not going through this. You know, if if the team, if if that Kirk Cousins here, if they beat the Giants and make the playoffs and Bruce signs Kirk long-term and they make a couple playoffs, maybe none of this happens because there's just so much excitement around the team and their performance, but it, it's that full compilation of everything. Like, sure, they've had some winning records. Sure, they've hovered around 500, but but there's there's been no real excitement in the market for a very very long time robert i mean you go back you go back there if like if robert doesn't get hurt you know despite all the issues with the you know you know that if robert doesn't get hurt where where are we at you know um but he 
You know, I mean, that's, there's a lot of, you're right. There's all those what ifs. I mean, um, there's, and I think for the fan base, when you, when that happens, you lose that, when it keeps going, like when you keep having those symbols of hope that don't pan out there, there's, it, it adds up. And your other big storyline this week was Lamar Jackson, obviously. Right. And that's why people keep that why wouldn't Lamar Jackson go to the case? I mean, we, we were sitting there with Ron Rivera and what two, three national reporters came over during that time, like, but, but Lamar Jackson and Ron and Ron was now and they couldn't understand. They could, people don't understand. Why not? You're the commanders. He's Lamar Jackson. Um, and people just don't know. Why wouldn't you want Lamar Jackson? But uh, we, we we've been burned one too many times. Well, and, and right. And, and I went over this like I had to um, live stream the other night. Kind of it's more the financial and like how many guys you'd have to cut. And it's legit. Like it's you because the way they plan the because the way the roster is, you know, but the other thing that I always say, like, well, why aren't you, at, you know, why don't you go back to Baltimore and say, why is he not resigned yet? Like it's, he's their guy. Could you imagine if he was if he was this team's property right now and in this situation, the heat would be on them, not on the teams trying to get him or not getting him. Yeah, and I, I don't think the Ravens are handling this correctly, right. but I think from a street fiscal standpoint, it's a very smart move to do yeah. this because I don't yeah. think any team's going to get serious about signing Lamar Jackson because they know any viable deal the Ravens are going to match. And you Correct. just said they're negotiating for you. And but because of that, it may it creates this appearance that the market is dampened. So the Ravens can now go to them. Ah, nobody else is interested. Guess you better sign with us. I don't know that that's good business, um, but but you could probably find some hedge fund people who would tell you like they're they're maximizing their dollar there or whatever. Yeah, and and what I think what people for kind of I don't know if they realize that if you make an offer to him, he signs it. You have to have the cap space for that period of time where he is. Under your, you know, the, sign that offer sheet. So if it if the Ravens take five days a match, you are making all sorts of moves, cutting guys, doing this, doing that, to just get the offer sheet signed, and then the Ravens are going to keep them. So it just, you know, like, and again, I, and I don't want to spend too much time. I'm so tired of talking about Lamar because the guy's a fantastic player. Like I'd love, like, we, yeah. who wouldn't want to watch him play every week? It's just, yeah. you know, but it is what it is, man. But it, but yeah, but you're right. Like and the other thing I was wondering too, once once the ownership changes, and fans only fans can answer this because I don't really know. But I would I wonder how much. You know, I hate to use PTSD because that's a real thing, but in a sports PTSD format, how long it takes to move past the past, because there have been yeah. so many issues like. Are you going to, you know, can you trust that it's going to be better, this and that? Can you, you know, it's different, but what, you know, I wonder how fast they can move past. And if you win, it'll be quick. And what's interesting is you you look at recent sports ownership changes, and these are these are billionaires who come in, they throw their billions at it, and then they get itchy. They're like, they get it. The guy buys the Phoenix Suns, and then like the next morning trades all his draft picks in perpetuity for Kevin Durant. Like David Tepper buys the Carolina Panthers and it just is going wild here. I got to have the number one draft pick. The Waltons buy the Broncos. You know, Russell Wilson, 300 million. Sean Payton, all the hundreds of like, you know, 
you buy a team and you get antsy. What's funny is the measure of success here is probably going to be the opposite because of everything we've seen and everything we've experienced. I don't think fans are looking for an owner to come in and say, you want a Lamar Jackson? Here's a check. You can have a Lamar Jackson. I, I think they want to see a good solid GM hired, a good coach, you know, underneath him. That, you know, and it could be, could be Ron if Ron has a successful year this year. I've, I've kind of come to peace with the fact that it's probably not going to be Ron coaching this team in, in 2024, but if it is all the better. And, you know, you, you have a roster that's really well set up for that and that you're going to have natural juice this year um, on the ownership change on people being excited. It's the perfect year to audition Sam Howell to, to try some of these guys uh, and then have the chance to build the way you want to build it going forward. Yeah. And I want to get to the roster in a minute because I do think that's an important part of this. Um, but I think it's also sticking with that, that, you know, and talking to some people too, like what, what should they do for, like, what are, how would you handle it coming in? I was talking to somebody, you know, and when, listen, when Dan came in, he was a fan and he reacted like a fan as an owner, which you can't do, you know, you yep. can't go out like, Oh, Barry Sanders is going to retire. Get him. I want him. You know, like, and he's like, you, he was told you can't, we can't do that. doesn't matter. Go get him. Now they didn't get him. But it was the impetuousness of a, you know, of a, a, a wealthy fan who owns a team now. And no offense to fans, I wouldn't want myself in charge of a franchise either. But you can't think like that. You have to think differently. And that's where a guy like Josh Harris, if he gets it, has, has the experience as an owner to know how you handle it as an owner. And that, that because you don't know. It's, it's so different than business that you don't know. There's a track record there that we do know how he handles things. So, but that is, you know, you have to treat it. You can't go in there guns a blazing. You have to set it up right. It, it, it's so hard to grade an owner, right? Like if you line up 10 Capitals fans and you say, what do you think of Ted Leonsis as an owner? I think you'll get a favorable rating. They'll say, hey, Ted Leonsis, man, he kept Obi and Backstrom here. We won a Stanley Cup. A very fun game day experience. I like Ted Leonsis. And then if we put 10 Wizards fans in a room and we say, what do you think about Ted Leonsis as an owner? He stinks. He's the worst. That, that All that team does is lose. He gave too much money to on long-term deals. What a terrible owner. He's, he's not, you know, games have no juice. Um, so you can get such different opinions on the same guy. But I, I think that why people are responding to Josh Harris, and to your point, I, I think you're absolutely right, that he has experience. He has this before. He's not walking in. And, and this is nothing personal against, um, I'm not even going to say it, our Canadian Greek friend. Um, Apostolopoulos. Apostolopoulos. <laughs> I'm sorry. Here's my joke. It's Steve. <laughs> but it's Apostolopoulos. I was on Ben Standing's podcast the other day. I said he would he would have the best podcast in that era because he'd be the only one with enough time to save a name enough times during the episode. <laughs> uh, it, 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 he would be new though. He's new. It's it's new money. It's new to sports. Um, and you just don't know. These are unknowns. Um, you know, and and that was you know the, if the Bezos excitement is he could buy you a new stadium just by cutting a check and it would be awesome. To, to me, the Harris excitement is this is a group that runs sports teams at the highest level. Like the NFL is is big, but the Premier League is is bigger globally. Like this dude is running a Premier League soccer team. This is not too big of a spotlight for him. And there's also the mystery guy who is not Bezos, but there's still that mystery guy. And somebody described to me as very wealthy. I'm like, how much money does he have to have? <laughs> 
if you don't use that to describe these other guys, like, you know, you know, Josh Harris is, you know, he's, he's got some billions, but he's not like this guy, but like, so that's, so I don't know who that is. They're being very protective of his identity. It's mystery bitter. It's mystery bitter Beth Jesus. That would be, God, what a prank that would be. If he shows up in like this really bad looking fake wig and, you know, and, and he, on the tour and he kind of disguises his voice like, oh, I love this stadium. You know, um, yes, that would be a good bit. And he gets it on TikTok. Maybe it's a security <laughs> guard at, at the park. Absolutely. There you go. I, I mean, look, you know, there, there's the mystery better. There, there's other people. I, I think that's why I, that's why I feel confident saying, like, I don't know that this thing ends tomorrow, but I do know this thing's going to end and this thing's going to yes, end with the football. Yeah, it, it's it's not a it's not a it's never been it hasn't been if it's when and we move past the if pretty early on I think um, to the when part and it was just a matter you know at that point so um, what about all right so now the effect the stadium Prince William would be out right I, you know I I think I think Maryland comes to the table as a strong early contender. Uh, in the new stadium hunt, um, and, and without going too deep into it, there there, there was, if not bad blood both ways, Dan Snyder felt aggrieved towards uh, the the Maryland governor's office uh, towards the end there, um, justified or unjustified, whatever. Bottom line was, you know, he, he wasn't doing business with them. I think they come right back into the picture, especially in a Harris Rail scenario. You got you got two Marylanders Correct. taking over the team. Um, I think they're absolutely back at the table. So here's how I break this down on RFK, John. Everybody wants RFK. Nobody's disputing that. Nobody's saying yeah. anything other than RFK would be the absolute best site for the team. These guys are about to drop $6 billion on a football team. And even for rich people, that's rich. That's a lot of money. At RFK, that's national parkland. You're not going to get to build the village. It's not a real estate play. It's not a restaurant play. It's not a hotel and office and condo play. It's a football stadium play. And you can make money building a football stadium. Like those are profitable enterprises. But if you look at the amount of money being made, Patriot Place, um, you know, we were just in Arizona, Glendale, what they've done with their stadium around it. There goes hotels with water parks and stay there. The Atlanta Braves are an example Jason Wright throws out all the time. You look at the battery, what they've done down there. These are not stadium plays anymore. Barclays Center, obviously a very famous example where the eminent domain land in New York City and the developer ends up developing more in the stadium around it. These are not stadium plays anymore. These are real estate plays. I had one more, the Bears, obviously, what they're doing coming out of the city and going into Arlington. These are real estate plays and real estate transactions. The quickest way to make your $6 billion back is not $75 at a time by charging tickets or by selling jerseys. It's by making a giant real estate play in one of the nation's largest markets. That's why I think RFK is not the early favorite. Right. Now, if they did that, let's say they went to RFK, they would use the Dallas model, which is, you know, stars over here. You got Frisco over here with the facility and they build up around the practice facility. So they would do that in Loudoun County if they want to do that. And I think the other problem that I wonder about, too, is the area around there. And this this is stuff that, you know, you hear like it's just a different neighborhood than what the one they left. And there's more money there, which means more power to fight it. And I also think there's still going to be government hurdles and there's going to be DC council, the city council hurdles. And then how do you split the money coming out of there? 
is the owner getting, you know, if the owner's not getting all the profits, like you just spent all this money, you're spending money to also make money. It's not just to be benevolent here. So I, I just, <laughs> I think there's, I think what you do is you try really hard to go down there, make it work. And then you're probably going to have to go somewhere else. You know this, the reason the team's in Landover right now, not Virginia, is, is because they felt, Jack and Cook felt the time crunch, felt he didn't have the time mm-hmm. to get everything done in Virginia right. that he wanted to get done. That That's an RFK problem, too. Like and These guys are going to own the team for a long time, but, man, everybody's antsy and itchy for that new stadium. You know, 27 is the first, the first time you can move in. Second preseason game is when you're eligible to move in in 2027. I they want to go, and RFK is not a go site. RFK is when Congress convenes next year, we're going to talk to Congress, and then the city council will convene, and then we'll take a vote, and then we'll break ground, and then we'll have some other obstacles. Like it's a longer process, um, and that that favors Virginia. You know, it wasn't Virginia back in the day? I say Virginia under the current governor, the current legislature. I think will greenlight whatever they need to clear some land put a shovel on the ground and get going right away. I think that's a real asset they have. And that's a good point because someone else, like there are some sites that they know would not, might not be ready till 2030 and a new owner is not going to wait that long. Cause this is your oh ability God. to make more on the, on the team. And not just cause it's not just about them making money. It's about the franchise making money. And when one of the things they have to do here that they did not do under Snyder, I think Bruce Allen was also cheap as hell. Cause he was in charge of the purse strings when he was here and he's gone for a few years. So it's no longer on him, but it was not, it was a cheap organization internally. And so I think you need to reinvest in the infrastructure of the organization to, I think, build a stronger one, not just the players, but I think people there, because you then you build loyalty, you build less resentment because like people always wonder like, why are there so many leaks? Because people are angry here. I mean, you know what I mean? So, but and you're angry because like you're not taking care of them. And so, and then it's also like the technology, then you can take care of players and their families, blah, 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 all that stuff. It's all that stuff. That's why this stuff matters. Cause then you can reinvest it into what you need to make it work. If you're smart. It's funny. I think in the Bruce Allen era, there was this thought of like, when we were players, we didn't have these, you know, when, when my, you know, yes. when the Allens were coaching, we didn't have these things. Uh, players these days are spoiled and, and don't need these. It's, sure, you can think that. That's great. Think that all you want. It's not the reality. It's not right. true. We we were chatting with uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick in Phoenix, and uh, we, we were laughing about that, the old AstroTurf field that's, that's still yes. out there. Um, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like the, the original AstroTurf. They're going to send that thing to the Smithsonian when they tear it down. There's just... There has been no attention. I think it predates the Smithsonian. <laughs> no, and, zero and, attention. And the funny thing is, it's actually gotten better out there, but it's still not what it needs to be. But it's also like when you have scout. You know, I know some scouts who left simply because like they just don't pay. You know, or they didn't. I shouldn't say because like what it's been the last couple of years. I know they raised a lot of things in there, so I don't yeah. want to put it on the current group but it but it was like that and so that's why i say when a new owner comes in the reason why it's important to get to that point is so you can make sure that every you know people are being taken care of there and that you're being paid accordingly and you know that's how you again that's how you build a strong organization internally and and then you can do things for players and all that ultimately on the player side it still comes back to can you find a quarterback 
<laughs> One more thing I want to slide in before we move right. on to the next topic. A lot of people think the field of FedEx field is still bad by reputation. It's actually good. Ron yes. and Jason have put a lot of money into that. That actually is a much better place now. I think and, that's and the practice maybe fields the are better too. And the practice fields are, are pretty good too. So they have done that lately. And, you know, they're still like, and I think to their credit, and that's why I say like it, I'm looking at previously, but also when a new group comes in, what do you need to do? Um, to, to do that. So yeah, that's been, so let's look at the roster is where do you feel this roster is at? Cause Ron has been very big on roster building. And when he says for the first time, like, you know, you've had to do, be, you know, is, yeah. what do you think? <laughs> Man, there, there were some head scratchers there. I said, but what, what I caught from our time with Ron was he's going to, um, He's going to sign, identify quarterbacks like the 49ers, um, sign players like the Chiefs, and, and coach them up like the Bills. So I don't know, man. I don't know about you. I'm feeling good about this here. Uh, you know, if you can make all that happen. Um, I, you know, this is this is a roster that, and I'll, I'll throw this back at you in a second. But but this is not a Super Bowl roster. But last year, I said before the season, I said I I don't think it's unfair to say that this group of players on paper should make the playoffs and should be contenders to make the playoffs. Um, I don't think they've taken a step forward this off season, um, but I don't think they've taken a step backwards this off season. Sam Howell obviously is, is a big fat question mark. If Sam Howell doesn't pan out, he's not a playoff football team, but I think if Sam Howell gives you decent to good quarterback play, I don't think it's unfair to expect the playoffs. Yeah, no, I, I think you, I think there is, the defense should still be good. You know, that line will, should be really good. Um, they still need a linebacker, but I love the safeties. I think they're, that's a good group. You know, I think, I still think they're going to address the line in the draft. So that's pretty good there. You got the skill guys. And I do think some of those young tight ends will emerge and it does come back. And and, and Brian Robinson, like, I think people for, I don't think people forget, but it's like, you have to account for the fact that he was shot. He wasn't even when he came back. Yeah, it took a month or so, month and a half. I mean, yeah, I mean, think about all this stuff. My goodness. But it took a good month and a half for you to get back to where you were, you know, previously before the before getting shot. So how what's he going to be like to start a season? Because he finished well. And so I do like, like I, I'm agreeing with you. Like <clears throat> I think if Howell plays pretty well, they should, they should be able to contend for that. And my, the thing is, it's hard to know, like, have they surpassed these other teams in the East? Well, last year at this time, going into the season, nobody would have thought the Giants would have won six games, you know, but how did they do it? You know, and it was, it was a smart offensive approach and I think Dable did a nice job and you still look at their tails. Like, I still don't know how they did it. You know, I don't. And those two Giants games, I mean, to me, I think are very important to study because the this team was better on paper yes, in both yeah. of those games. They should not have and lost that them. team. That team won and tied both yep. of those games. Yeah, that to me is potentially very telling. Yeah, and I think the the gamble here is, and I don't think Biennemi is a gamble in and of itself, but going into your fourth year, a new system is, is a big switch. And going with a young quarterback, the combo of that is is difficult. And I think that's why Brissett makes a lot of sense because he's got a he's got a higher floor because you know he's got the experience. He's coming off a good year, and he's a true pro. 
But that is a roll of the dice because it's got to come together pretty quick. And will it, when will it come together? And then you look at the schedule, you have a lot, it's a, on paper right now, what are we, March 31st when we're recording this, it's harder than last year on paper. They don't, they don't play on paper, John. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I, I hear you, but it's true, but it's true. Like, and I don't go by what it looks like now because it's all about then, but it still comes down to like, there are a lot of things that have to go right. Will they all go right? And I, but having said that, let's say he was in year two with where they're at right now. How would you assess this roster? Because somebody, whether it's Ron or someone else will take over this rot, will have this roster next year. So do you like where this roster is headed? Forget year four, but just in general, do you like where this roster is headed? Yeah, I think it's a good collection of skilled players. I think, you know, I love how they got younger at tight end uh, last year. You know, I I think they brought in some young guys who will be contributors. I have major questions at linebacker uh, and I have major questions on the offensive line. But find me an NFL team that doesn't have a a weak position. I I don't think there are any where you like circling about that's a bad contract. Like I don't, this group has given out a lot of bad contracts. Now, if anything, you can accuse them of going the other way, not having enough you know, not trying enough for the splash contract, the big deal, whatever. Um, but but when Carson left, that was the last bad contract on this roster. I, I think as you as you line it all up here, one to fifty three, and go into this year, I, I think it's a lot of sensible investments in guys um, and, and some old guys who you'll need to move on from. But I, I think they've done a decent job of drafting so far um, that that you could say that's been one of their strengths. Right, and so and again, I guess it all comes down to how. It all comes down that, and it all comes down to Eric Bieniemy too. I, I mean, right. you say one, signing Eric Bieniemy was the right decision. It, it was, and two, it might not go well. Um, both of those things can be true. It, it's possible this is a disaster. Not necessarily because of him. It. Yeah, right. There's so many reasons. Yeah. Yes, um, and, and he's a first year guy doing this with Sam Howell. Like you, all excited about Eric Bieniemy. We're all excited about Sam Howell. But it's Eric Bieniemy plus Sam Howell? Question mark? Question mark? Nobody knows what this is going to be. Right, and and again, like the key for this year will be getting off to a good start because they and which they haven't done. So I do believe, you know, I think they're going to have. I believe they will have a joint practice. I think those are vital for this organization because yes. I think one of the things they've been slow on is to identify who can do what for them going into the season. I think they've made mistakes each year because they don't get enough information based on how practices go It'd be in part because of CBA, but also because they're the strategy toward preseason games. So I think that's one thing, but I, my concern would be that can you, the offense is not going to be humming right away. It's just asking a lot for that, for this group to go in there. And it could be that by the end of the year, it's pretty good because I do like a lot of how, and I do think Bienemy can make a difference. And I and if they had brought, I think the bigger risk would have been bringing back what they had the first couple of years. If you go with Scott Turner's offense, that's a major risk because the players were no longer at all buying in. Period. With Bienemy, he brings the energy, he brings the hope. And again, it, it may not, you know, here. I mean, shoot, we've seen good coordinators kind of struggle at times, but it's not all on him. But can you make it work right away and get off to the start you need? That means the defense has to really come through. 
Yeah, and, and the offensive line is going to be an important right. part of this too. Right. You know, I Ron was very clear he wants joint practices. I think we both knew already that that was something that, right. that was going to be seriously pursued. Also, after that third preseason game last few years, Ron has taken his foot fully Oof. off the gas Big in time. the in those in those two, three weeks leading into the season. I am very curious if he does that again. Yeah, and you have to examine everything because it hasn't worked well at the start. And you cannot, with a new owner, you cannot afford a slow start. And I just, I don't, you know, because, and you can dig out of it, but is nine and eight with a good finish going to get it done for you? I'm not taking that chance. Now, it may suggest good things for the future, but it doesn't mean good things for you personally. I don't know. I don't, we don't even know who the owner is, so we can't say that. But if you, you know, if the other owner could look and say, listen, this is what you've done the last couple of years, why would I think it's going to be different? And that's the thing I would wonder about. And so you have, but that's the thing, like, and I do think like I'm with you, Bienemy was the right hire. I love the energy he brings. I think it's more than just calling a play here or there. There's so much more that goes into it that I think he can do well for this team. And I do think Howell can do well. It's just a matter of at what point does it all come together for them? We uh, we learned that Eric Bieniemy starts every day with a seven o'clock meeting for his staff, and I would just like to say, on behalf of myself, I'm glad I don't work for Eric Bieniemy. <laughs> well, you know what I call seven a.m. lunchtime. The lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Sam Fortier if you're listening, which I doubt you are. Right anyway, but yes, I, I mean, I just think there's a different energy with it, and I think that'll be good. So we'll see. Anyway, Michael, I appreciate you joining me, and. Hopefully all this stuff gets wrapped up soon so we can get back to some normal normalcy in our lives and everybody can start moving forward with everything. And I think that would be welcomed. So I hey, appreciate your time. Stadium season up next. You, you know, you know, that's my favorite. I'm ready for that. Uh, I think it'll be a fun, I think it'll be a fun draft. Uh, I, I think, I think there's a lot to look forward to, but man, I am ready to be on the other side of this one. Yeah, and I just nice. It'd be nice to talk about a lot of other things that pertain to on the field and get just keep moving forward with. Hey, how are they going to do? Because the fun thing in the off season is to speculate for five or six months. <laughs> so, there you go. Exactly. Thanks, Michael. Take care. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Michael for joining me, and thank you as always for listening. I'll be back on Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning with another episode. I'll talk to you next time.